0: This is our Sunday conversation for April 11th of 2021.
1: My sometimes blonde and always a bombshell, Shiloh, <laughs> will be reading today. We can cut that
0: out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> John chapter 9 is talking about when the blind man from birth was healed. It's just a picture of once Jesus reveals himself to you. And you choose to follow that straight and narrow and to seek him, what that journey looks like. And this man was questioned, was talked down to by the authorities of the church at that time. He was even excommunicated. And he still chose to believe what he had experienced himself. And then at the moment, he had been pressured and questioned. God did show up and fully reveal himself to him, and he chose to follow at whatever cost. In John chapter eight fifty six, Jesus had just told the religious people, your forefather Abraham was extremely happy at the hope and prospect of seeing my day, my incarnation, and he did see it, and he was delighted. So by faith is how Abraham seen Jesus. Then the Jews said to him, you are not 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham, Jesus replied, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. And they took stones up to throw at him. And he concealed himself in the crowd. So that's kind of what happened before. And I just think it's interesting that after that, he went and found a place that he could release his seed and heal somebody. And so 9 1. As he passed along, he noticed a man blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned, but he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested, displayed, and illustrated in him. We must do the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the world's light. When he had said this, he spit on the ground and made clay or mud with his saliva and he spread it as anointed on the man's eyes. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shilom, which means scent." So he went and washed and came back seeing. Okay, so this is in the amplified version. And I just believe when he spat on the ground that represented water and the spirit that he was and we are made of clay and we are made of earth. And he mixed in the spirit with earth and then made his self manifest in his body. And so another important thing in that, the man wasn't just immediately healed. He had an action to do on what he was told. And it said, go. So he had to go to the certain place, which was significant. The pull of Shiloh um, means Sent. So after God reached down the spirit and touched his body, he said, go be cleansed. So there's a process he was going to have to do of cleansing. And then he came back seeing. So verse eight, when the neighbors and those who used to know him by sight as a beggar saw him, they said, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? And some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he looks very much like him. But he said, yes, I am the man. And so Jesus had just told the Pharisees who he was. I am. So he had just testified what had happened. And his countenance had so changed that he looked unfamiliar. So that manifested in him to where his physical parents even looked different. Verse 10. So they said to him, how were your eyes open? And he replied, the man called Jesus made mud and smeared it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I obtained my sight. So he did the law that kind of represents a law that he did. And they asked him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. Back then, a lot of people were named Jesus. That wasn't, you know, just an uncommon thing because it hadn't been revealed to him yet that he was the Messiah. Verse 13, then they conducted to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. So they went before the religious people to show 14, now it was on the Sabbath day and Jesus mixed the mud and opened the man's eyes. So he purposely healed him on the Sabbath, I believe, to expose religion in these people because of what's going to happen next. Did you want to say anything?
1: What they turned the Sabbath day into
0: Oh, yeah. was
1: a religious day to well, make people guilty. Yeah. They were supposed to be set free and reunited with God and they were using it to condemn people yeah and they used the law to condemn people, well Jesus said, "I didn't come to condemn. I came to save you from the consequences of failing to keep the law. There's a new yeah there's a new covenant, and th- of course, the Pharisees didn't like him the manner of the way the Messiah came. they didn't like the manner yeah, just like the Israelites being saved from Egypt, they didn't like the manner of their deliverance, yeah, that was their problem they wanted delivered but we didn't we have we want it done this way yeah.
0: and many times when jesus healed people he would say now go show yourself to the priest because that was the law they were supposed to do so he was fulfilling the law and so that's kind of why he had to go before them too, verse 15. So now the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. And he said to them, he smeared mud on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Then some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner, a bad man do such signs and miracles there? W- so there was a difference of opinion among them. So the division of where people are going to be and what side they're going to choose is beginning to happen. He's starting to show a separation of the goats and the sheep. So this is good because this is what he come for.
1: The ones who want the true God to come and then the ones who want the power of the temple. They're revered and they don't want to give up that being revered in the temple. They have their position and Jesus came to. They could see that he was going to do away with that. They could just extrapolate it on out and go, we can't have this. We can't you know, lose this order.
0: Verse 17. Accordingly, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him seeing that he opened your eyes? And he said, he must be a prophet. However, the Jews did not believe that he had really been blind and that he received his sight until they called and summoned the parents of the man. We're not going to probably get into this in this podcast, but they called on the generational forces of that man. And we can do that too. And it's not the God spirits. So verse 19, they asked him, is this your son whom you reported as having been born blind? How then does he see now? And his parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he is born blind. But as to how he can see, we do not know or who has opened his eyes. We do not know he's of age. Ask him, let him speak for himself and give his own account of it. His parents said this because they feared the leaders of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should acknowledge Jesus to be the Christ, he should be expelled and excluded from the synagogues.
1: So they had cancel culture back then. What's that? That's where if you don't do what's right with the world, you know, with leftists that are in government, you know, if you're not, if you don't accept certain lifestyles that are offensive to God laid out in the Bible, and if you're not inclusive, then we will cancel you we will Mm. take away Mm -hmm. your ability to make money we'll seize your accounts yep and you're a domestic terrorist that's the same principle there that it is now
0: so his parents knew this and how sad is this that i mean i feel like probably as i was reading this i was like they had to have kind of cut him off emotionally at least in a way because he was lesser than them, because he's born blind or something but it definitely shows they were religious because they wanted their position, and to be in with those leaders more than the son who received a miracle. So this amazing thing that happened to their son, they had an invitation and a chance to go, what in the world? How in the world? Where did this happen? I've got to go find it for myself, but this what, shows how steeped kept, they were in what it.
1: Kept him, what made them steeped? What made him that, well, they feared the Jews. Yes. They would lose their livelihood. Yep. That's what they feared, the money having money having control of their money that's what they feared yeah ultimately
0: so i have a note that i put where we are blind or our generations will be keeping us from seeing and acknowledging jesus as lord and it goes back to that scripture the blind leads the blind you'll see that in this too 23. On that account, his parents said he's of age, ask him. So the second time they summoned the man who had been born blind. So the second time he went before him and said to him, now give God the glory praise. This fellow we know is only a sinner, a wicked person. So they're saying to him, deny the power of Jesus. And he answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner or wicked or not. But one thing I do know that whereas I was blind before now I see. So they said to him, what did he actually do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I already told you, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Can it be that you wish to become his disciples also? (laughs) That got him. Yeah, and so he was so sure and so amazed at his own thing he just experienced. I don't believe he was just being sarcastic in front of them. I believe he was truly perplexed and amazed. What in the world is wrong with you people? That's can, what I you believe. I
1: this work? Yes. You know, Jesus said, he said, um, if you don't believe me, well, then weigh out the works. Whose works are those? That's your confirmation. Yeah. If you don't believe in who I say I am or who somebody else says I am, if that's not convincing yes. enough, then what about this? Right before your eyes. Yes. What can you do with that? I mean, to, to deny that would truly be the devil. Yeah. You you don't you willfully don't want him to be the Messiah. Regardless of all yeah. the goodness that's taking place, the restoration, the even the raising of the dead. Yeah. We can't have that. I'm yeah. like, what kind of devil?
0: They had totally that's missed all the point. Devil. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing and he was letting this man get his roots deep and be solidified in his experience and his testimony and he allowed all this and this man, it wasn't just the religious people, it was just the regular people, his own parents, everybody was like questioning, 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 instead of rejoicing, rejoicing, and rejoicing, and look what visited us, and so verse 28, they they were so mad that he would dare say, do you want to become his disciples too, that they stormed at him in wrath, and they jeered, and they sneered, and they reviled him, and retorted, you are his disciple yourself, but we are the disciples of Moses. So they already wrapped him up and threw him in Jesus's camp, which is a great blessing. So they are so steeped in law. They said, we know for certain that God spoke with Moses. But for this fellow, we know nothing about where he hails from. And the man replied, well, this is astonishing. Here a man has opened my eyes and yet you do not know where he comes from. This is amazing. This is the amplified version, but still he is in great emotions of It's God. How can you not question this is from God? And so 31, it says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is God fearing and a worshiper of him and does his will, he listens to him. So they're saying conform to us or you are nothing. Don't give credit anymore to this thing you're talking about.
1: Was that the previous blind man saying that or was that them? So I thought when I read it, I thought that was the blind man saying it back to them. We know. Now, we know that God hears not sinners. We know that. We know that's true. And he just laid okay. out. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. I may be off. but
0: Yeah, that's just how the Amplified read. Maybe so. That's why we should read different the way, versions.
1: Because it says, the man answered and said it to him in verse 30. And then it just goes, it doesn't say the ph- Pharisees talked to him again. It says, okay. it, now we know that God hears not sinners.
0: Because mm. they said, you're a sinner. So this isn't God. Is that what the, they're saying then?
1: I think he's saying, yes, we know that God doesn't hear Yeah, sinners. it
0: does. It says we know that God does not listen but to sinners. But if any man
1: be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, he may heareth. Yeah. So, you know, equate that to this work. If an honest man will say that was God, this guy must be a worshiper of God. He's got to be with yeah. God. Yeah. You can't separate that out. If you're saying it, turn it around the equation the other way, it has to be. It has to be both ways, equal is what he's saying to him. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys yeah. been teaching this stuff, and now you're trying to unteach it because you've promised yeah. that the Messiah is going to restore all things. Yes. This guy restored this to my yeah. my eyesight, and now you're trying to denounce it, deny it, and mm-hmm. say it's not real. That he's a he's a phony. Well, if he's a phony, well he says on down on verse thirty three, it says it, it says if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Yeah, he wouldn't have done this. But since he did something. He's from God. You have to equate it both ways.
0: Yep. So we'll skip to 34. Then they retorted, you are wholly born in sin from head to foot, and you do presume to teach us. So they cast him out, threw him clear outside the synagogue. They are so arrogant. And Jesus had already said, this is not cause of sin. And when I read this, this is what God showed me, this whole passage. I was just like, oh, man, this is crazy. But what I've seen God say was... This passage right here, there are times that we need to go back in our life and say, God, did this come into my life because of an open door? Because I sinned. Because sometimes our sin opens a door for crazy things to happen. But so it's not that we don't check that. But in this particular passage, Jesus himself said, this isn't about the father sinning, the mother sinning, this man sinning. This is about I am visiting you right now. I am manifesting right now. Who do you say I am? Where do you want to be right now? Our pastor says, I don't care where you've been or what you've done. Where do you want to go now? And that to me is what they had a great, precious invitation. And they chose to deny the power of God. So to me, he said, it doesn't matter. What do you want now?
1: Well, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to start walking with God.
0: Yes. So 35, Jesus heard that they had put him out and meeting him, he said, I love that. Jesus knew what happened and what was going to happen to him. He met him at that place and said, do you believe in and adhere to the son of man or the son of God? And he answered, who is he, sir? Tell me that I may believe in and adhere to him. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him. In fact, he is talking to you right now. So right there, Jesus went ahead and ripped off another layer of revealing himself to him. And so he called out, Lord, I believe, I rely on, I trust, I cleave to you. And he worshiped him. That is so precious. Right there, he was revealed That's who did it to me because Jesus hadn't revealed it completely to him yet. And he chose, he worshiped him right there. 39, then Jesus said, I came into the world. I came into this world for judgment as a separator in order that there may be separation between those who believe on me and those who reject me to make the sightless see and to make those see who see become blind. So if Jesus wouldn't have come to fulfill the law then there would have been no sin. And so some Pharisees who were near hearing this remark said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you have would have no sin, but because you now claim to have sight, your sin remains. If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but because you insist, we do see clearly you were unable to escape your guilt. So they chose to deny Jesus as God. And this is a picture. Um, of a father instead of an instructor. there's many instructors, but few fathers in one of the scriptures I don't know where it is, right here is a picture of that. That man should have been instructed, should have been loved, should have been rejoiced in.
1: Well religion killed Jesus and there's was the uh, opening act, one of them to bring that about. They had those preconceived they were raised and raised up in those preconceived notions of how they expected God to come as the Messiah. And when He didn't come in their manner, their expectation, then they couldn't have it. It's not supposed to be this way. It's just like entering into the covenant relationship with God. We enter into it, we're full of joy, and we even found purpose. But then the journey of being transformed, and the sufferings, and the changings, and the discipline. And some people, many people will go... This is not the manner in which I was told it was going to be. I can't do this. It's
0: making us uncomfortable in our walk. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why Jesus allowed him. He didn't fully reveal him, and that's how we'll be on this earth. We can see him, feel him, know him, but until we keep going towards that pull of Shil- Shilom, however it's pronounced, and start in action in that faith and wash and cleanse that whole process, that he let him experience that before he fully showed him and that's how we're on this side of the cross and on this side of heaven there's the process
1: and when that first moments of knowing the lord what happened he was thrown out of the temple yeah just thrown out from the religious order yeah he was unacceptable and we're not having it in this house this is this is moses's seed or whatever they said
0: so did you want to go to isaiah f- chapter 40 okay
1: what I was looking at here was the difference between serving God and faithfulness and idols. Why the people turn to idols? Why do they end up turning to idols? And that, that gets into this so we can...
0: In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says God. So he's coming to speak tenderly to the heart of Jerusalem. And to tell her that her time of service and her warfare was ended, her punishment is accepted and her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received punishment from the Lord's hand, double for all her sin. And so verse 3, a voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord, clear away the obstacles, make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. And that describes the straight and narrow path and the journey in the Lord. Because we are to go down that path towards Jesus as our great reward. And it says there's some preparing. There's some clearing away of obstacles. My pastor's wife just did a sermon and she was talking about some of the obstacles in the road are the bitterness of things that might have happened in our life, the bitterness of we are in a fallen earth, so we're always going to be fighting the forces of darkness that fight against our relationship with the Lord. And those rocks are bitterness sometimes. And we have to get rid of bitterness because it will take the place of faith. And then if we don't have faith, we can't keep going. We can't grow. And we have to remove bitterness by overcoming it and replace it with faith. Remove fear so faith can come. So then we can say to these mountains, be removed, and it will be removed. So we think of, um, speak to this mountain, and the whole mountain will be removed. I'm not going to say that can't physically happen. But our life in Christ on this journey, growing in faith, are the the things that will remove the bitterness. And speak to those mountains, and they'll start crumbling. And then the wind will just blow them away. So that's a picture of the journey to me.
1: Read 17 on and on. Forty one seventeen? No, forty seventeen and then we'll
0: Isaiah forty seventeen says All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing in emptiness, waste, futility, and worthlessness. To whom then will you liken God, or with what likeness the graven image? A workman cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts silver chains for it. He who is so impoverished that he has no offering or oblation or rich gift to give to his God is constrained to make a wooden offering an idol. so he chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to carve and set up an image that will not totter or deteriorate. You worshipers of idols, you are without excuse. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning these things ought to convince you of God's omnipotence or omnipotence, and of the folly and bowing to idols? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle, the horizon of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. It is He who stretches out the heavens like God's curtains and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in, who brings dignitaries to nothing, who makes the judges and rulers of the earth as chaos, emptiness, and falsity, and futility.
1: Okay. Why, why do people, God's own people, turn to idols? We know the pagans. That's their way. That's their, their culture and their lifestyle of the pagan nations. But God chose Abraham and his descendants out from among them to be their God, to give them instructions and how to prosper and how to have victory in that warfare against the other nations and be his people. Why would they turn to idols? Why did they just so quickly turn to idols? You know, after the Moses is on Mount Sinai, they made an idol within probably hours of after they expected him to be there and he wasn't there at a certain time or whatever. And then they made that idol. Well, it's always because of fear. They need something physical to give them reassurance of I'm gonna need to be provided for. I need my security. I need to guarantee for money in the future. I need my livelihood. So they turn to the physical things that quick, and it's because of fear. And we talked about that last time. The fear that drives our sin, that make the wrong choices, the bad decisions that are against the will of God. It's because of fear. That's the power, the ultimate core power, and the foundation of Satan's kingdom. That we have to enter into that covenant relationship, the intimacy in that relationship. That that's got to be dealt with, because we won't even get to the to dealing with the bitterness part if we don't, if we're not willing to deal with the fear. How many times does God say? And we'll, in Isaiah 41, it'll it gets into that where God has to tell His own people, "I've given you a charge, do not fear." That's a charge. Mm-hmm. Do not fear. That's not a suggestion saying, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. This is going to kind of interfere with stuff. And, you know, it's going to kind of be an issue. But, you know, I understand. No, he he doesn't negotiate that. He says, I'm going to do this. Do not fear. So if we fear, that's not going to take place. What God promises is it. I mean, we're stopping it.
0: He knew it was key to moving forward. That's what we'd have to do. And that's what would be the route to all sorts of directions we would take
1: he's talking about the wicked and the princes, in 24, Yea, they shall, be, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall take root in the earth, and it shall blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or who shall be my equal? Saith the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? And bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one that faileth. So, one thing we can be rest assured you know, God is not afraid. There is no fear in God. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, when Jesus was teaching his disciples on the ways of his kingdom, or just becoming his disciples, he never pulled his disciples aside and said, "Hey, I need to teach you about the you, you know the enemy, Satan. I need to teach you about his strategies. He's he's a formidable foe, and you should respect your enemies. And and just like normal warfare, you have to have a help, respect and fear of your enemy. Well, Jesus didn't teach that. He said. Remove fear, and that your enemy will have no power. That's key. Mm. So then, that intimacy, when we receive that love of God, cast out all fear. We are changed, and we are not married to fear anymore. We divorce fear through Him, through receiving that love. Then our decisions will be right. We will wait upon Him. Mm. And we will. We won't get fearful and take off and make a bunch of rash decisions or listen to bad reports or gossip about somebody else and just fly off the handle, jump to conclusions and torment ourselves and ultimately embarrass ourselves or whatever. And the other thing about the idol making, when a person is fearful of the prosperity and instead of turning to God, they turn to idols, which the biggest one is the power of money. That's the biggest idol serving money, regardless of the culture, regardless of Gentile, Israelite, pagan, Christian, whatever, is that and David talked about it in Psalm Psalm 73. David was perplexed because the wicked were prospering. They're prospering so that when people see the wicked prosper and how they do things, well, their first inclination is, well, that makes sense. I go live like them and I'll reap the rewards. But if we come into covenant relationship with God, we come to know that's not the way. And we come to know we have to give up a love for those things now in exchange for a love for God. And we can suffer loss of certain things now, some relationships with those who don't want God you know we could be separated because we don't want to get pulled back into where we what we were saved from the sin of being faithless and perverse you know that's the most important of not believing we don't want to lose I guess you could say we don't want to lose our surrender because if we go back into relating to people who don't want God having having you know relationships where we're submitted to each other in certain ways or where we're influenced, we could lose our surrender to God. Paul said, I die daily. I surrender every day mm-hmm. to God. That's my walk. And that's the walk we have to have. That that's a, that's a requirement to, to be faithful unto the end. Mm-hmm. So if we lose our surrender, we lose faithfulness. And people will say, Well, God's faithful, God'll take up the slack. Not if we pull back our surrender. So there's there's the going to idols for security of wealth, and then there's being envious of the wicked. It's like, why am I tormented? People say, why why am I suffering? I'm a believer. Why do I have to suffer? Well, because there's a the devil that didn't want your soul saved, Yeah. that he is laboring against the salvation of your soul. Mm-hmm. And when we get rid of fear, guess what? We're mighty dangerous to his kingdom. We will start yeah. doing damage to his kingdom yeah. because people will see the Lord. They'll have the, their eyes can be opened where they can start seeing the difference between the kingdoms of this world that they're in and the kingdom of God that we're in. And they can start seeing the fruit of that. And that's dangerous to Satan because he thinks he owns the place. Yeah. He thinks he owns everything. And he was given possession of it because of sin. But the Lord has come in his first coming, and then he'll close it off with his second coming, the taking back of those kingdoms, mm-hmm. because it, he owns it. He created yep. it. He's the rightful owner yep. of this world.
0: Yeah, he wants a people that wants him and will do his will. And he gave us the keys and the power to take dominion back, and it starts in our own soul and heart first.
1: So again, why do we go to idols? Because we're fearful of our livelihood, of security in this world, of provision. Those things. That's yeah. man's inclination and then to envy the wicked because they're prosperous. Yeah. They make they're making their money. They're happy. They're not tormented. They're just you know, Well, they're not a threat to the devil is one reason along. they're not tormented. Yeah. And and because yeah, they're not a threat. Yeah. But when we become the closer we come to God and transformed in the new covenant and we are releasing we are a vessel for his dominion on the earth, yeah. then we're gonna be persecuted. Yeah, we're gonna be a target. That's why we're persecuted. Mm-hmm. It's not because God is just like making the example of us. That's yeah. not that's not it. It's that there is a war going on. Yes.
0: And as we grow because we grow just like a baby to a toddler to a teenager to an adult to son, there's there's stages In the physical realm, that's how we are in the spirit realm, and we can grow up in one season, and he's like, okay, now we're going to open up this new area and a new dimension or dominion for you, and then you start back at square one. We have to become a baby and say, I need you. I want you. Okay, so in that fork in the road, a lot of times those things will manifest to where I don't want them to go higher or more and affect more people on the earth for Christ's glory. So, okay, here we come. the new onslaught. So we need to rejoice. It says rejoice when you're persecuted for my name and all manner of evil comes against you because you're fixing to go in. But that's where we get caught. That's where we grow our roots deep. That's where we can give up and run and go back to the idols or just stay in one spot we'll just stay here and stay safe no you will never if you don't move forward you're going to go backwards if you're not building the kingdom you're tearing it down i mean there's two kingdoms there's only two ways to go so those are the times that we're like oh here we go we're going into a new place with the lord we're going to go into a new um measure of knowing him so you got to keep going
1: and in that faith when in doubt surrender yeah find that find your surrender to god and that's when he'll show up i mean that that's a it's like it's like it has the effect of repentance but it's really you're not repenting from a sin at that point it's just i don't want to sin i don't want to make the wrong choice god mm. this is yeah. um, deliver me the lord's prayer yeah and that, that's the surrender yeah. your will come in my life yeah. in my situation
0: the precious part about that passage of the blind man being healed after he was going through that persecution and everybody questioning he was solid in I am walking in sight I was blind from birth he was unwavering even though it was super hard and guess what Jesus met him there and revealed himself in a greater level that's what I'm talking about that's what will happen to us if we keep going even when we are struggling if we're like no I am set in that place of what you talked about surrender I will surrender to you alone God and,
1: and Satan's narratives will come like the Pharisees were trying to create a narrative right there no nope, no nope, you didn't almost like nope you're crazy it didn't happen this wasn't God just just creating yeah. a narrative well it's because they their faith was in their minds yes and they had no faithfulness of heart towards God right. Because they wouldn't submit. I mean, if they were truly had a heart towards God, they would have surrendered right there. They would have recognized. Oh, they would have went. Oh, they would have recognized that shows was over, God folks. manifest. He's here. Yes, he's here. Shows over. But mm-hmm. when when the temple and the religious leaders in that temple had that power over the people, they even had a certain level of power over the Roman Empire in their in their uh, region. It's because they control the people, the flow, the decision making of the people. They had, and so they weren't going to give that up because they had that regional. Demand yeah. in their hands. I guess we can go to 41, Isaiah 41. This may be rehashing some stuff we just talked about, but 41 verse 7, or did you have anywhere above that? Or
0: No, just at the end where, I'll just paraphrase it, talks about, there shall be peace and the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. I just I love that. That's it's the effect of walking in this straight and narrow and the effect of seeking Jesus and his right ways because righteousness is right ways. And it will be quietness in our souls and in our mind and assurance forever. That's what we need today in this world every day.
1: When we were reading before, and it said, don't make a, uh, prepare a highway in the desert. In yeah. the desert, things can't live. There's no water. If there's no water, there's no, really no animals to live off of that are in the desert that you could hunt. And there's no vegetation to eat. And so if the presence of God's there, then he's the creator. Just like when he healed the blind man's eyes, the DNA of the creator was in that mud. Mm-hmm. And he was, <coughs> he, he was represented God on the earth before the fall. He he just had charge of everything. He had control, and he could restore everything. And so if we're in a desert, in the presence of God there, he's going to make a way. He's yes. going to provide what's necessary. He's You won't have to think about and stew over and worry about your next meal, your next drink, uh, shelter. All that is going to be provided for, just like the children of Israel in the desert. Yep. And so that's the faith that Jesus walked in, that we're called to walk in. We talked about last podcast about the faith of Jesus, the fourth ground in Mark chapter 4, that fourth ground where, where it's provided for. You're taken care of. You're not concerned and dwelling on and even calling on idols for safety, security, for provision, for for prosperity, all those things that our flesh knows we need. And the flesh just, that's all the flesh is concerned about. Whoever gives me my next meal, that's who I'm going to side with. Yeah. Whoever's taking care of my emotions now, hey, they're my buddy. Yeah. And and uh, they're my friend.
0: That is the easier way. But the effect will not be peace and assurance. And you get your reward
1: now. Yeah. But you lose it all in the end. Yes. You lose everything. You lose your existence. So verse 7 of Isaiah 41. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here's where I wanted to go. Let me just start at Isaiah 41.1. Just start reading. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, and called him to his foot, and gave the nations before him, and made him ruler over kings? He gave them as the dust to his sword, and as driven stubble, To his bow. And he's talking about Abraham. Called Abraham out of the east. And the seed of Abraham. was who Jesus was going to come out of. On down to the generations. But when he says the righteous man. Abraham had that faith. God didn't have to prod him. Or get mad at him. Really he didn't get mad at Abraham. Can you remember a time he got mad? Like he did Moses. His anger burned against Moses because Moses said, I can't talk. And God had intended him to be the spokesman, be the whole thing. But he had to split the duty between him and Aaron. Mm-hmm. That wasn't God's first choice. Yeah. So with Abraham, he had that faith that he just went. And like when he was fighting the, um, when they took Lot captive, those kings of the giants And they captured, when Lot lived in Sodom, they captured him. And then Abraham got the word that your brother, or your brother's seed, your family's been taken captive. He didn't question God. He didn't, you know, he said, God, I don't know. No, there was a need. It's like, what are you going to do? He didn't sit there and go, well, God's sovereign. God will just take care of this. No, he had a duty to represent God on the earth. And it was to go destroy the wicked and rescue the righteous. Yeah, And so uh, he obeyed the intent of God, God's intent on the earth to destroy the wicked. Because in verse 3 of 41, it says he pursued them and passed safely. So he pursued those kings and passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. So he was in a foreign territory, mm-hmm. but he wasn't fearful. Mm-hmm. He said, God has put me here and he's put me here for a purpose. Now well, let's go to work. Let's do the will of God.
0: It says in the Amplified that his feet do not touch the ground. To me, that represents the supernatural as well which when we take dominion and take principalities down and push back darkness through prayer and that's supernatural. The
1: other thing that was that God liked about Abraham is that when him and Lot chose where to go live, Mm -hmm. Abraham said, go wherever, I'll go the other way. Abraham didn't plot out land and say, this is my land. Yeah. This is my place. And he didn't like fall in love with his homestead as far as... um,
0: Well, it said Lot picked the most lush, beautiful well, we know where he picked. He wanted to live in Sodom. <laughs> in <laughs> but Abraham's heart was to yes. with God. Yes, he's like he knew he's going to be blessed wherever he went because he was a friend of God. Yeah. it didn't matter what the land looked like; he was going to be prosperous. Yeah.
1: And his his eyes were on his spiritual destiny. Yes. In God. Our eyes, without God, if we're not in faith, then our eyes will be on the physical. Where's the best piece of land? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the best this or that in the physical, and that's where we put our hope in. Yeah. And Abraham's hope was in God's going to deliver me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he called me out idols. He knew he knew the idols weren't right because his dad knew-
0: was a idol maker, wasn't yeah. it? Abraham's dad.
1: And there was something in Abraham. God saw that I could use. Mm-hmm. He preserved him, and then he gave Abraham the opportunity to respond, and he did. Yeah. And so he kept going, and he kept going, and he kept yeah. going. And Abraham's, instead of loving, falling in love with a piece of property or belongings, he wanted to fulfill God's promise to multiply and expand his lineage Mm-hmm. because they were going to be God's people. So he, he wanted to, He I think he knew how that's how God was going to subdue the earth. His people that belonged to him were going to go forth and do the right thing. Yeah. Serve God, have faith in, conquer physical or uh, spiritually, you know, whatever, however they, when they matched up, yeah. when they confronted each other, then was the nation just going to submit? Um, well, like uh, Nineveh, when that king was at Nineveh, they said, we're, we're going to repent. Yeah. Or were they going to say, you're not coming in here?
0: We're kind of like Abraham in a way today because Abraham was going to be the father of many nations and he was barren. Him and his wife were barren. He didn't even have a baby until he was 100, or the promised baby, till he was 100, and she was 90, I think. And so all that time, he's living for this. Everything he's doing in his life is towards being that, and it's not looking like it's happening. That's what we're like today. It's like we are supposed to be the bride, the end-time church, seeing all these great miracles and things, and we're looking like we're in, losing wickedness looks like it's prevailing even though it's being exposed greatly thank god so we are in that faith seed of living like it's happening today or tomorrow when it looks like we're not winning and we're like god when are you going to do the end time stuff so we the bride looks barren right now we don't look like what we're supposed to look like right now the church is sick and weak fearful and fearful and so we're in that same place we can think oh that was for abraham that was one one person one special person oh moses was no the call is in us today each well, then, individually then,
1: well jesus did it all yeah all we gotta it's do is wait, wait it out yeah just hang on
0: nope he wants to use the bride a son of god to arise
1: with that barren womb of sarah was that a bad thing it was just a problem that was used to glorify God like just the like blind the blind man, man. yeah was yeah. that a bad thing well to the to the physical mindset of man mm-hmm. yeah that's bad but he said this is an opportunity to glorify yeah. God yeah because that's the when Jesus came as a second Adam to show us the way things are going to be should be now and are going to be in the millennial mm-hmm. reign this is going to be resolved yeah. The earth is not going to be under the influence of sin. It is going to be rectified yes. and corrected and brought to the place it was meant to be in the beginning. And that was before the fall.
0: Yeah.
1: All things were right in the order of God in the creation. They were They were lined up to the order of God. But when that fear came, when the fall happened, the disorder came. In the quote-unquote bad things happened. Well, if the church does the right surrendering to God, cannot God come in and use us to yes. restore?
0: Yes, that's, that's that, that chapter where he was saying, he's, "He comfort my people. He wants to speak tenderly to the heart of Jerusalem. He wants to restore us and use that people to show forth his glory and to do his work.
1: Okay, where were we in Isaiah 41?
0: <laughs> in 41.15 it says, Behold, I will make you to be a new sharp threshing instrument, which has teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills like chaff or chaff or whatever. So the wind would just blow them away like dust. Those mountains by faith will be removed.
1: Well, it says in a minute, I'm going to go back. I'm going to backtrack. But it says what you just read. It says, behold, I will make you. He didn't say I'm going to yeah. come down as a as a threshing machine yeah. and a threshing instrument. With the he said, no, I'm going to make my people that. Yeah. That's my intent, and that since I've said it, that's the way it's going to be. Mm. So if we're faithful, we have to accept this word and say that applies to us. Yeah, where are we at? Are we there? Yeah. Are we trying to get there, or do we, or do we have the false the false Christian mindset that we're being influenced under that says, well, God's going to do everything. He's sovereign. Whatever happens. You know, it's just, we're not involved. You know, we, we just, we the, have no decision-making yeah. o- obligation yeah. in this.
0: The miracles were for back then. It's already passed.
1: Well, we're just not supposed to be involved. We're those yeah. the, back to that spectating yeah. faith.
0: Well, and right. what you said earlier, our pastor's wife's sermon was getting rid of fear is not an option. If we do not make it, we will not make it to the end. And it says you have to make it to the end. You have to run the races to win. You can't stop. You can't draw back.
1: Well, if you want to go by leaps and bounds to get there fear you get rid of fear yeah and that's again that's one-on-one intimacy with god that's not done in a crowd of people that's not done in a focus group that's not done in a uh a uh, life coaching session yeah even even in a prayer meeting with a bunch of people yeah it has to be done in the secret place yes in the surrendered place of intimacy where we're it's the marriage and we are surrendered and broken for god to start working in us yes to to change who we are. We've heard our pastor say that God's asking him to do certain things and be be a certain way. And he said, well, God, that's not who I am. And the Lord spoke to him and said, but that's not who I created you to be. You know, yeah. you you had a purpose lined up who I intended a predestination of who you're going to be. Not the predestination of whether you'll make it to heaven or not. That's not the predestination. That wasn't decided. You know, Joe down the street was picked to go to heaven, but Sam next door is not. No, no that's all. not predestination. all. To that is not predestination. Yeah. If that's taught, I would get out from under that teaching because yeah. it's from hell. Yeah, period. And because it makes you, you don't have to. You don't have. Yep. Well, I go to church and I'm saved. Then I'm born of the picked ones. Yeah. I don't have to do anything because I'm guaranteed a place in heaven. Yeah. No. 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 No.
0: Do whatever you want after that. Because we're, of mm,
1: because yeah. we can test ourselves if we're under the influence of fear or we're using fear to control people.
0: Or as an excuse. Or
1: using it as a weapon yes. against somebody mm-hmm. because we're fearful, so we'll use it to control somebody else to make ourselves feel yeah. uh, less nervous or more assured of ourselves or try to try to create the outcomes we want, it's not God. That's not the kingdom of God. And that's a bad place to be. But if we cry out for ears to hear and eyes to see in sincerity of heart, wanting to be yeah. who we're predestined to be in God, then yeah. we're pointing in the right direction.
0: And we are a blessed child that is loved by his father when fear is exposed or where we have set up an idol in our lives. We're blessed to be exposed in that. And what do you do when you're like, I was on the right path, God, I was seeking you but this is showing where I'm at what do you do you go into that intimate closet close the door and admit in truth I am seeing this is wrong I have screwed up
1: and I want to change
0: repent and then in strength get up and go out again don't leave that place until it's changed and you may have to cry out for days. You know, if you've been in something for weeks, days, months, well, years, it it may not be removed in one second. You have to keep saying, "God, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it." And I want to. And you'll know when you've been released of that. Well,
1: the, the thing that can be can be um, hindering that is trying to have a partial surrender. Mm. Trying to to okay, I want your salvation, God, but I want to negotiate the terms. Yeah. No, that's not the covenant. It's a marriage, yeah. but it's not—it's not a business partnership with God. It is a surrender. That's why you're born again. You're a new creature. That's not just wordplay, and that's not just to create a picture of for illustration purposes it is a spiritual truth mm-hmm. that happens to a person their mind the pulses your mind's renewed because the spirit is in the heart in that covenant and you are the teachers inside teaching you the word yeah. of god you're not you're not learning from another person and taking instru- instructions for them in your walk with god you're re- you're walking with god yeah. in that covenant receiving instruction from him so it's not a partial surrender. Yeah. There's no such thing with God. I mean, we may think there is, and God may, God may be patient in dealing with that, but, but we're hindering it if we're mm-hmm. that way. If're if our mindset's like that, we're hindering yeah. things, maybe that's why God hasn't showed up yet.
0: Like you said, leaps and bounds. That's what we want. <laughs> and
1: that, what will cause that? Um, What'll cause that partial surrender? Fear? Yeah, I, I can't go there. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fearful. I can't I'll give go this there. up, but I don't
0: want to give that one up yet. Oh please don't make me do that one. That's full not full-hearted.
1: Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit here in Isaiah 41 to kind of tie this off. Uh, Verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness and we receive that his righteousness by faith that surrender that heart surrendering that we will receive in faith will receive his righteousness now be not dismayed means don't when he says do not fear I am with me do not be fear will cause you to be dismayed and dismayed means I'm looking around at the physical things what's this going to do what are they going to think how's this going to change this over here that's being dismayed he says don't don't go there because you're getting ready to go on a journey of eternal things, eternal rewards. If you can give up the temporary things now that fight against you having faith in me, like the rich young ruler, his faith was in his money. He had made his money and he was well-to-do, highly thought of. And he's like, why would I want to change that? And he went away sad mm-hmm. from Jesus. Jesus sell everything. <clears throat> uh, you need a new foundation yeah. because you can't come into my kingdom with that foundation of, of being supported by the world because that's who, where your heart will be.
0: Yeah, it's where it was. That's why you asked him to give that one up. Because he did not break one single commandment. I'm doing all those. <laughs> so,
1: But the foundation wasn't the real kingdom of God. Verse 11. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They will be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. You shall seek them, and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee will be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, fear not I will help fear not thou worm Jacob and ye men of Israel I will help thee saith the Lord and thy Redeemer the Holy One of Israel how many fear nots are in there mm. that's the issue and yeah. you know if we're if we're those two things about the having idols for the prosperity of this life in this world and then being jealous or envious of the wicked because they're prospering And they're not tormented. Mm -hmm. They're not persecuted. They're having a great life. They're not having
0: to give anything up. And he
1: says, look what's going to happen to them. Yeah. You chose, or I chose you and you became my people. And you've had the enemy come against you. You've had troubles. Fear not. Look what's going to happen to the wicked who were prospering in their ways. They'll be gone. Yeah. And you won't. That's the great reward. The wicked won't be there in the end. The Mm -hmm. faithless won't be there in the end. Because he made the way. Oh.